Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from the Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by the only man I think who could come as close to a mass trivia contest as me, Mr. Shane Reeves. I could do pretty good, as long as I didn't get into sports. Sports trivia, I would lose. Yeah. But if it's Bigfoot, you got it. Oh, no, Bigfoot, no, I got it. Specifically, mass trivia here and we've talked oh, about yeah, this mash. before okay mash i thought you mash. said mass hey yeah. i'm a, i'm in a mash trivia okay well then so i have three questions okay Th- so i'm currently on about my 83 watch okay of and what season of the whole run okay and i i came up with three trivia questions that i think only the most die hard mash fan will will know and i feel like at least i feel like Shane's going to get one of them okay all right. So are you ready to do this before we jump too far in? By all means. All right. So when the se- when the series starts, Hawkeye mentions where he's from a few times. Right. It's not Crabapple Cove, Maine. Where is he originally from? Oh, are you sure about that? Yes. He mentions it four times in the first four seasons. Ooh, you got me there. I would have bet my life on Crabapple, whatever. Once the season, once the series kind of got into its run, it became, that was definitely where he was from. But before they really locked in, uh, it was something else. Somewhere else in Maine, but I don't remember. It was Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. His character was originally from Vermont. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I'll I'll queue up an episode. Okay. You're going to have to because... So the, the third voice y'all are hearing is Mark Collins, one of the owners here at Mission Cigar. Howdy, howdy. He owns the place, so we let him sit down and grab a microphone and join us this week. You heard him pop in briefly on the last episode. It was a very forced <laughs> pop in. <laughs> now, that's the best kind of pop in. All right, we'll move through this pretty quick. They did the same thing to Colonel Potter. He wasn't always from Hannibal Mo. Where was he from originally? Now, are you talking about Colonel Potter or are you talking, talking about, about when Colonel he played Potter. General Steele? Nope, that's the next question. Okay. Um, let's see. Where was he originally from? I don't know. Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. I think you're making this up. Nope. That was from an episode in season five that I just finished watching. All right. So I'm just going to say this. The first three seasons were the best. After, after that, I quit, kind of quit watching. See, we, we discussed this last week after the show. The For me... After Potter arrives, but before Frank leaves, yeah. is the best. Well, I'm after Henry leaves, I'm kind of done with it. I get that. You do. You do bear a resemblance to kind of Henry's general demeanor. I'm kind of. I'm. I am Henry. Yeah. Right. Right. So once <laughs> yeah. Henry leaves, and I still listen. I still cry every time I watch that oh. episode when Henry dies. It's brutal. He he crashed in, into the Sea of Japan. I cry every time when Radar comes in. Oh, it's and, and the fact that they recorded that without any of the cast knowing it. Yes. And you get yes. real reaction. It's brilliant. Yes, yes. All right, last one, then we'll jump into cigars. Uh, there's, okay, so when Harry Morgan comes in to play General Steele for that one episode called The uh, General Cracks at Dawn, when he's inspecting the troops, Klinger walks up, and he mentions his wife's name. What is What was her name? Whose wife? General, General Steele. Okay, that's deep. I quoted the line before he said it. So this was not one I learned in this most recent watch. This was something that I've, I've known for a while. Well, it was Mildred when he was there. Because right. right. famously had the picture of himself in drag on his desk. Right. I, don't um, know. I don't know. You got me there. Martha. You're very close. Martha or Margaret? Mary. Marjorie. Marjorie. You were very, not now, Marjorie. I'm expecting the troops. Yeah, I knew it was one of those. I knew it was. <laughs> really? I'm going to yeah. have to go back and watch. because That's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it's. I know the episode, but. Yeah. Wow. So I just, a, a little bit of fun. A little, um, Henry Blake, actually, his wife's name was Mildred for the first two seasons before they changed it to Lorraine. Right. This was back before they wrote the Bible and established canon, you know, as they went in, in shows. that used to be like each wow. individual episode was kind of on its own. They didn't think about continuity. Wow. I am, I am humbled. 
I thought I was a mass expert. I am a football <laughs> trainer. That show went on way longer than they thought. Didn't it go on longer than the actual Korean War? By a long shot. It went 11 it seasons. True. The Korean War only went two and a half years. Yeah, it was actually For longer than the Korean War. When I yeah. was in, high, in college, we all got together and watched the MASH, the final MASH episode. It's such a shame to me that it's one of the weaker episodes of the run. It is, especially when BJ slides down the hill on his motorcycle, yeah. right? That's like, <laughs> I love all it. right, we jumped the shark here. <laughs> okay, so okay. we're back to the cigar cast yeah, now. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Listen to Trey on MASH cast. All right. MASH, I, would you be I MASH should. talk? I should. I have learned a lot. Thank you, Trey. You're welcome. Are, are you going to do something really cute like mash potatoes? Mash Come on. Just do M-A-S-H space potato. Yeah, I like all it. Right, I, I all right, think, Shane. I think that, that would be the, the that's podcast an, That's of the enough, future. Shane. <laughs> that's enough. Go ahead, Trey. So uh, I didn't realize that we were going to be joined by a guest when I picked my cigar, but I guess in honor of you, I've picked your favorite cigar, which is the Perdomo Champagne. Yes, sir. I didn't even bother to look it up because I figured you could tell me everything I need to know about this cigar. I'll bet you $5 he can't. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, yeah? That, yeah? that is true. And it's a Connecticut wrapper? Yes. Ecuadorian Connecticut. Ecuadorian. Well, you can't feed him the information. Oh, hold <laughs> well, on a second. I'm going to fact check this. Well, he's about 74 bourbons in. Equ- I was giving him a hit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Ecuadorian Connecticut. It is Ecuadorian. Okay. I know that. I've been there. No, what you else? were in Nicaragua. You weren't in Ecuador. No, but I was at Perdomo. <laughs> you did get to go on the Perdomo trip. I did. What was the what really impressed you on the Perdomo trip? What what did you learn that you didn't know before you went there? That those guys are spot on with their quality control. They do not mess around. Well, and it's been what I I sing Perdomo's praises about quality control more right. than anything else. Right. It's so consistent. Right. Whether I'm in your humidor, yes. buy them online, buy them at some humidor in Nebraska, wherever. You're not, you're not buying online, are you? No. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, no matter where you get right. it from, what what right. kind of life it's had before it gets to you, yes. it's the same. Yes. Well, that's Perdomo's claim to fame. All right. Their is. claim to fame is that wherever you pick up Perdomo, it will be the same cigar. Right. Yes. So, yeah, so the quality control department's what impressed you most. Yes. Well, at the end of the day, that's all you have, right? To to get the same thing every time, you got to have people who understand what it's about, right? And you've got what I don't forget what it is. What fifteen people looking at it every so. Every, speaking of which, I'm, I'm going to pose cut, him you, the question you, you, you from cut last me off, week. Shane. Oh, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in, folks. Yeah. I, I assumed you were done. <laughs> you started wandering. I was yeah. going to bring you back. Just a little bit. Okay. So here's the question. We asked this question last week on the Cigar Cast. So Opus X Fuente is putting out an $11,000 humidor. Right. That has 100 cigars in it. Yep. And it's a very nice humidor, and it's $11,000. Yep. If someone bought an $11,000 humidor from you full of cigars and brought it back in and said, hey, these cigars are awful. They break every time I smoke. They blow up. They're messed up. They're damaged. Um, This is obviously, you know, and you look at them, and it's obviously a bad batch from Fuente. How do you handle it? Well, I call Fuente, and I say, Mr. Fuente, we've got a problem. Do you think that they would bend over backwards to keep you happy in that scenario? Yes. Yeah, I think I do. so too. I do. He doesn't. He I doesn't don't. think I'm Fuente not, cares. Fuente's been so so off-putting with their their rare stuff that I just, I don't know, that they wouldn't say, oh, he's cutting them wrong, or oh, they're mishumidified, or something like that. Well, if they are, it's in their humidor. Yeah, right, 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 Trey. So, but if you leave their humidor in the middle of the desert with no yeah. Bovita pack in, they can't vouch for fair, fair point. So here's the deal, right? Let's be honest. I, I have no idea what their cost is involved in that, but I got to believe that if they replace a few cigars, they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and so, so far in my experience, every time I've said, hey, there's a damaged cigar, everybody's replaced it. Yeah, we actually had a Freud cigar, one of the $40 Freud cigars in here, the other night that 
the fellow I was sitting there right beside him, he cut it and the whole limb blew out of this cigar. Yeah. Just totally blew out of that cigar. I didn't know that. Yeah, Fred was here. Okay. And um, no, Will, no Willie names, was... No names, please. Well, Willie was working the register. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and we just obviously just replaced the right. cigar. But I was sitting there, and I had actually watched him cut it, watched it happen, and He knew it was no fault of his own. Right. right. He's a seasoned cigar guy, so yeah. a $40 cigar. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and I told him, I said, oh, you got to get that replaced. I said, you right. can't just let that go. No, absolutely. With that... That that price of a cigar. So Willie didn't tell you. No, but you know what? Here's a, here's the deal with us. I can't speak for anybody. We would replace it no matter what, right? Because it's not worth it. It's right. not worth the fight. Yeah, it's just right. Not it's not worth it. losing the customer. No, it's not. So, and I didn't know that, but I will call the rep tomorrow <laughs> and tell him that. he owes you one. Sh- tell him he owes me a stick, and he and they will replace it. Well, so by and large, has cigar business been good about that? Has everybody yeah, been good about anything, any malfunctions? So far, 100%. I have not had anybody tell me, you know what, it's all you, it's on you. Right. Well, you know, we had a guy come in here last night, and he talked, he um, took a bitter root, and he cut it, and the back end busted on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. And he showed it to me. I said, well, look, you cut the entire right. cap off. Right. You can't really expect a cigar to hold its structural integrity if you cut, right. you know, once you cut past the shoulder, forget right. it. Yeah, 100%. You, you know, and you do have to tell people that to a degree, but yeah. I, I guess you replace it first and then tell them that. You do. You, that, that gives us, as a shop owner, a great opportunity to educate the customer, yeah. right? And so one time it's on, let's say it's on us. After that... After we showed, and typically I send them over to Shane, say, Shane, show him how to cut this Show this idiot how to cut his cigar. Shane, show him how to cut it. And then once we show him how to cut it, if he does it again, and we've got, I won't name his name, but you know who I'm talking about, (laughs) who did that early on. And uh, his name starts with an R. (laughs) And so we were able to to show him that he was cutting it way past, and it was blowing up on him. And then he said, oh, okay, I get it now. Well, you see, if you have a straight cut on your cigar and you're cutting tobacco, you've cut too deep. Right. I'm always a proponent of you just perforate the cap and yep. the cap comes off. Yeah, M- you, most of the time. If you feel the crunch on your straight cut, you're too deep. Not always, but that's a general, generally a good rule of thumb. Generally by law. With my fancy new Calibri cutter here, I've got... Yeah, we did just get Calibri in the shop. Mark showing his new fancy V-cut. Is that the SV? No, it's, SV. it's the SV. Oh, it's straight and the V-cut. This thing weighs about 400 pounds. It's a great <laughs> cutter, though. That's the only complaint about that cutter. So, I'm finishing my cryptid from last week, but I'm going to be smoking a La Polina Nicaraguan Oscuro. Um, it's an Ecuadorian Oscuro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. I'm just on a strong cigar kick tonight. I just want a little more beef in my cigar. And we've had pretty good results. You know, the La Polina rep, Patrick, came in and he said, you know, y'all have got kind of our lighter blends here. Yeah. Right. I'd really like to bring in some of our heavier stuff. And I think we've had pretty good results of the heavier stuff coming in. Yeah. We're, we're, we've kind of, uh, yes. And, and to both of y'all's credit, you know, because I, I ask you guys both, you know, we're, we're kind of phasing out of the lighter stuff and going to the heavier stuff because we've got more lighter stuff that kind of already fits that mold. But we've kind of the Oscuro and some of those things, Maduro and some of those things that people are liking better. Well, I think more of your monogamous cigar smokers that only smoke one cigar right. are light cigar guys. I don't think you have a lot of guys that the only cigar they smoke is a heavy cigar. I, I think that's unique to this shop because, or, or maybe it's just a change in the times because, you know, about 10 years ago or so, it was fairly common for for guys to just want, you know, a big, heavy, beefy Maduro and that was all they would smoke. Um, whether it was the same cigar over and over or just all they would go to. Hmm. It is funny, though, that, that you're in such a heavy cigar day because I've actually gone the opposite way. Right. I've smoked three AJs today. So I walked in that humidor and said, I, don't, I need to give my palate a rest. I need something that's, that's not going to kick me in the teeth. So let me ask you this. So are you say, so how do you, because the champagne is not a mild 
Connecticut. It's I would say it's mild in in terms of nicotine, in terms of body. It's not mild in terms of flavor though. It's very it's very right. full flavored for a Connecticut, but as far as just blowing my palate out or being really heavy from a nicotine standpoint, it doesn't have that. I don't find. Do you realize that that has, I, I believe this is true, that has more nicotine than any of their cigars? I don't know. Uh, so it's funny because a, a couple of years ago, I got away from Perdomo yeah. because I found that they were so high in nicotine compared to other people in the humidor that I would get a bellyache after smoking a Perdomo. Sure. And I've, you know, I've gotten, because I can smoke on an empty stomach. You know, I've gone, I've, I've been almost 20 years smoking cigars daily. Right. right. And so I don't have to have a meal first and all that. And, but it had gotten to a point with, with Perdomo, it had to be right after a meal or it would turn my stomach a little bit. So I'll be curious because this is my third cigar in a row, basically. Uh, and I didn't have much of a lunch, so if this one if this one hits me pretty good, we'll we'll know what's up. Be nursing. Now, what are you smoking, Mark? This is a Habano Sungrown, Perdomo. Perdomo. Yeah, Perdomo, which I typically am a Perdomo guy, but as as Trey said, the the champagne is my go to. It's what I start with the day. It's what I love. You know, it's what if I'm on a desert island, I'm taking champagne with me. We haven't done that. What's your desert island stick? We haven't done it in a while, I mean. Africa. Africa. The Don Lido Africa, I definitely Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would want to start... I I say that as a... I laugh as a joke. Yeah, you you sell me more Africa. Because I know that. At all. I'm I'm the backbone of the Africa trade. Yes, you are. Here in this (laughs) shop. Yes. Well, let's talk about a new cigar. Don Pepin Garcia, 20th anniversary, limited edition, heads to stores. So this is the classic Don Pepin Blue. Mm-hmm. And the Blue has always been a good stick, always been a good cigar. I had one for the first time in a while a couple of weeks ago when I was up at Belmead. And I just, I forget how good it is. And it's one of those cigars that appeals to everybody. You know, it doesn't matter if you like strong or mild or whatever. It's just, it's a lot like that champagne where everybody can find something in it they like. I didn't realize it had been around for 20 years already. And that was kind of my my point of interest in this story is, you know, I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, I've been smoking for nearly 20, this September, no, it, this September will be 19 years I started smoking cigars and almost daily from the beginning. You know, I remember when that cigar first came to the humidor that I was, I was at. So it's weird to me, like obviously new releases come out every, but... To start seeing 20th anniversaries of cigars that I remember, that are now mainstays, it's weird to think I've been involved in the industry that long. You're starting to feel old, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, the MSRP of this cigar is set at 40 bucks a stick. Ooh. Limited to 5,000 boxes of 20. So that's $800 a box. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a big price tag for... I can't imagine how you can make the blue better enough for it to be a $40 stick. Well, let's think about this. The La Promesa. You and I both agree is the best my father that they've ever made. Right. So, assuming they're going to put a little extra something behind a 20th of their of their mainstay line, we know how good a cigar they're capable of. And if, if, if that La Promesa cost $24, it would be worth it, I think. I don't know. You probably would never get me to pay more twenty bucks for a lot for a, right, my let, father's all right, cigar. Let's, let's say twenty. Let's say, but the La Promesa at twenty is I. I think, I think the quality is there. I may not pay it on a regular basis, but I think the quality j- would justify that. So to think that they might be able to get forty, especially considering how expensive cigars are getting in general these days, I don't think it's a bridge too far. Well, let me ask you this: Is any cigar worth forty dollars? No. Any cigar is worth what somebody will pay for it. Well, that's so true. Take the take the Freud we were talking about earlier, right. the the disruptor. Disruptor. It's forty four bucks. Right. But the only way you're going to get that cigar is to pay forty four bucks. It's so much different than anything else in the humidor. Let me rephrase his question a little differently. 
is there any $40 cigar that you could smoke where you're not going to be thinking about the fact that it costs $40 the whole time you're smoking? That's a fair question. Absolutely not. That I think because yeah. that, that's what it comes down to, right? Like, I can pay $20 for a Padron, and I'm not thinking about the fact that it's a $20 cigar the whole time I'm smoking it because it's just that much worth the money. But I don't think there's a $40 cigar that I could smoke where I'm not sitting there thinking... I paid forty dollars for this. No matter well, how good it is, and here's the reason I ask: because we've had them up to seventy-five, eighty bucks a stick, which we amazes me. We've sold them all, and this disruptor is one of the better sticks I've had. That I would say that's probably worth it. Yeah, but still, is it twice as good as a twenty-dollar Padron? That's the question that we all have to ask as consumers, right? Well, but it's going to get trickier for those of us who've been smoking for a long time, though. When I remember when that Padron anniversary first came out at $12 and change. Yeah, I, re- I remember the first one I had, and I thought that was ridiculous to sure. pay that much for a cigar at sure. the time. So I think we just are going to have to reframe our mindset. I mean, try and find a cigar for under $10 in there anymore. You can't. Well, we you used can't. to have a whole segment dedicated right. to phenomenal cigars well, under 8 Yeah, inflation has is, is yeah. changed the game, right? Yeah. Well, also, before we leave this article... My father's commissioned Eli Blue, the French, is it Eli or Ellie? Ellie. Ellie Blue, the French humidor maker, to create special humidors that come with a hundred of these cigars. Looks like 50 are Connecticut and 50 are going to be Maduro. And it's a beautiful humidor. Um, Says they will be covered in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade or Nicaraguan Corojo 99 wrappers. Doesn't but there'll only be seventy five of these humidors created. It doesn't put a price tag on them. What do you think the price tag is? Well, a hundred cigars at forty dollars a cigar. So we know we're at four thousand to start. Those Ellie Blue humidors go for quite a price. I'm gonna say probably seventy five hundred. I'm gonna say five thousand dollars. I'll say five thousand dollars is kind of what that comes in. I think five grand is probably a fair price probably going to be right in there. So while we're talking about high dollar sticks, Rocky Patel Conviction new $100 cigar coming this fall. Um, we don't have any Rockies in this shop. Good. Now that's not true. We got a few. Do we have some left? We have one half a box of something. Oh, okay. But generally, yes, you're right. By, by and large. By and large, you're right. The... Um, and Rocky says the people were asking for something higher end. I don't know. Have you as a cigar maker ever asked? No. Or, hey, hey, fellas, don't yeah. y'all have anything in that $100 yeah. price range? Yeah, please, right. please. I want to pay $100, please. But and also, who's if you're smoking Rockies, you're not looking for higher end. There's no. Every cigar is higher end than what you're smoking. At right. Point. Sorry, that was rude. The, so the filler is a Nicaraguan Condega and Esteli filler. The binder is a Nicaraguan Jalapa, and the wrapper is a high-primed Mexican San Andreas. The okay. conviction comes in one size, six and a half by 52 ring gauge, 10 cigars for box. Each of them tubed, and the cigars are priced at $100 a piece or $1,000 for the box. All right, I'm just going to say this. Marketing, it's all marketing, right? I, as, a, as a retailer, it's, it, it's marketing, Right, there's there's no there's no way. I shouldn't say this because I'll get sued, but there's no way that unless it's fifty year old tobacco or something that I don't know about. Well, and and but if it is, then Shane won't believe it actually. So that's right. It says in this article we started growing tobacco in 2014. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this is actually? No, I believe they started growing it. I don't believe that's the tobacco that's in this cigar. There you go. I, th- I think that's so much hogwash when they say, oh, yeah, we let this sit in our warehouse for 20 years before okay, we put it now, in this cigar. Now, Shane, you know and I are going to disagree about this because I've seen it. I've seen tobacco that's older than that. How did you know? There's a date on the, on the bundle. Oh, yeah, because they couldn't print that. Okay. <laughs> they couldn't print up a sign or hand, Mr. And we're in Nicaragua, handwrite a Mr. sign. Mr. Conspiracy. <laughs> Mr. Conspiracy here, right? So, I'm I, just saying, I need carbon dating. I'm going to need some okay. testing. To I've, seen, to I've seen bundles that are dated longer than that. Well, so this cigar is for the guy that wants to impress people. Right. 
So do you ever have anybody walk in here and say, hey, Mark, what's the most expensive cigar in the humidor? No. Never had anybody come in here and ask for that. It, it will no. happen at some point. It might. It might. But, but generally, no. Which we, I will say I've been surprised. We've had a lot of success selling yes. more expensive cigars than I ever thought we would. Yes. But nobody's come in and said, give me the best you get, the most expensive cigar you have, and I want a box of them. No. That, I would love for that to happen. You'll, you'll know I hit the lottery. That's exactly what I'll just yeah, walk in here. Yeah. And that'll be our code word. And you know what it is already, so yeah. you don't have to ask. <laughs> yeah, Trey just walk in and pick up a box. I guess the yeah. Disruptor right now is our most expensive cigar. Probably so. We had the year of the Rabbit. Yeah. It was like 60 bucks, and the yeah. And the, the soccer cigar. Yeah, the, so- the World Cup cigar. Yeah. But still, yeah. And all the, it's very, very atypical. The cigar you had to finish with a punt, pass, and kick competition. Uh, Sorry, I I had to make Trey roll his eyes. I don't even know what that means, but go ahead. Well, the biggest soccer event in the world this year, they basically just ended with a punt, passing, kick competition. It ended a shootout. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said, okay, good job. Y'all played your hearts out for this much this time now. Everybody just line up, next goal wins. Okay. I mean, it's just a terrible, that's a terrible way to run. That's a whole other discussion about soccer, but okay. But let's step away for a break. When we come back, we've got some other stuff to discuss. We've got... Legos. 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 And more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting beside between two men that drink out of disgusting coffee cups. Stop it. It's the way it should be. That's right. I'm sitting with Trey Deadman and Mark Cop. You, you okay, rinse a the... coffee cup. You don't wash a coffee cup. You do not wash a coffee I don't care. Shane, you're wrong on this. You're wrong. If we broke your coffee cup, it would still hold that shape. That's okay. There's so much crust in that coffee cup. It's that, patina. It's, it's the patina. same as a cast iron skillet. Yes, if yes. you offered me $1,000 to take a drink out of that coffee cup, I would well, not no, do it. Well, no, no, no. I would not drink out of that coffee cup, but of mine yes. at home, yes. I would. I was taught that when I moved to the South. You do not wash a coffee cup in the South. That's what I was taught, and I'm honoring the South. If, if, I, if I went into a restaurant and they put that coffee cup in front of me, but I'm no. getting up and leaving. You don't do that. It's your own. It's your own. Everybody has that one coffee cup in their yes. cupboard that's mine. No one else in the family yes. can drink out of it. Nobody else in the family will drink out of it because you don't wash it. Shane, it's okay <laughs> for you to be wrong, okay? It's okay. You're, it, it happens once or twice every 10 or so years. You're wrong on this one, and I know everybody throws up when they see my coffee cup. But I'm honoring the South. At least you don't ever have to worry about coming in here and there not being a coffee cup 100%. for you. 100%. Everybody knows my cup. Yeah. Ne- next time a new guy is hired in here, that's going to be the first thing I tell him, hey, don't forget to wash Mark's coffee cup. Yeah, that'll be his last day. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened once in here, and it, it did not go well. <laughs> that, that, was, that was Brandon's last day, yeah, huh? it was. It was his last day. <laughs> oh. so, that's, so that's less than a year of buildup if that's been cleaned. Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It got washed once, and it was a bad day in here. Yeah, a customer washed it. Oh, thinking he was doing something. Thinking he's doing me a favor, and I was like, no. Yeah. Well, one day my wife will throw that cup away. Well, she, she's she's made it her mission in life to I do know. something different. I don't know why everybody is so. Uh, fixated on my coffee cup, but they are because it's you put the spoon in it and it stands up. So that's what makes it's it good. It's just a thin layer on the outside. It's yeah. fine. Ugh. Leave the man alone. Listen, it's getting sterilized right now. Yeah, that yeah, that, 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 that that's a bridge too far. Okay, it, a coffee cup is for coffee. Well. Oh, he drinks bourbon, tequila, whatever. Yeah. Whatever somebody's pouring in no, here. No tequila, but oh, okay. Whatever somebody's pouring, he puts he sticks his cup out there. That's, that's my that's my wash. That's that's where that that's the line for me. Okay. But that's I get it. I get it. Okay. Because okay. then all your bourbon tastes like coffee. That's why you're you and I'm me, and exactly. that's why I love you. Exactly. So moving forward from the Tampa Bay Times, historic Ebor clock was believed to be magical. Now it's a Lego set. 
So it is beautiful when you drive into Ybor City and see the J.C. Newman, the big clock tower there. Yeah, it's a landmark. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. And I think this is so cool that they've now made this a Lego set where you could sit and build that at your house. Where do you get that? Because that'd be cool to have. Yeah, I think you order it from... Uh, the set is not affiliated with Lego. It was... Do- designed by Brooklyn, New York-based Common Bond Designs in the Tampa office. It's assembled and packaged in Indiana's Brick Lot. Indiana? Uh-huh. Nice. You can get it for 100 bucks at the J.C. Newman factory or on their website. Yeah, see, when we go to Ybor City, I may have to do that. Well, I, I agree, especially since it was made in Indiana. Well, we've got the, the Lego, so the adult Lego thing. Yeah, so I have two co- co-workers who are diehard Lego nerds. I get it. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, and if it, there's something, especially if you if you aren't a cigar person, so at the end You're of the Star day, Star Wars guy. Yeah, you want something to do with your hands as a way to settle. Like I do crosswords, or you you know, there's you know, or or sew or knit or do crochet. Which I do. like sometimes if you're not smoking a cigar, you want something to do with your hands. Legos right. are great. Teach you patience. That you get something at the end, you can say, "Wow, I did that." I, I think it's great. But it's really, at the end of the day, it's Star Wars guys, right? Right. Yeah, You're mostly. Building the oh, Millennium no. you Falcon. The bat mo- you can get the Batcave. Okay, you can but get all the Marvel. But it's the mostly DC Star stuff. Wars guys, They right? did a let's, limited let's edition Aston Martin DB5 Bond with the rotating license plate and oh, everything, too. Oh, I like too. that. Well, I think Legos is one of the best gifts you can yeah. give a child. Or an adult. Well, but as a child, when their brain is being wired yeah. to be wired to how to put things together yeah. and how things work, I think it's invaluable. When I left to come down here to record the show tonight, I, my son was playing with his... He's got a table that's got the... It's the Duplo. It's the big ones. Okay. He's got a table, and he's just sitting there building towers and knocking them over and build it. It's great. It was the first toy that he would just sit there on his own and just hyper fixate and go to town with. Yeah, but we didn't have a lot of we just built stuff, right? We didn't have the Millennial Falcon or whatever to build, yeah. right? We it was just a box. And then show you a picture of something you should build, right? We just had to use our imagination. We have so we were all about Legos growing up and when my mom moved out of our childhood house in the basement were two of those big Rubbermaid, Rubbermaid tote mate, right. like 50 liter storage, oh, yeah. Yeah. full to the brim, two of them yeah. with Legos. You know, because we didn't keep the boxes and keep them separate. Right. Right, like right, we just right. put I would give anything to know where that ended up. Sure. So when you built with Legos, did you pay attention to color? Yeah. Oh, see, I never did. I always just used no. whatever shape. I always went shape, not color. We didn't do Lego. We did Lincoln Logs in my house. Oh, I love Lincoln Logs. Yeah. That's because your house was a Lincoln Log. Well, that's true. That <laughs> That is very true as I got older, yes. But, yes, we didn't do a lot of Legos, but they are cool. I, I can't say they're not. They are really cool nowadays. So this next article is from Cigar Life Guy. We've done some articles from this yeah. guy. He's got some pretty good stuff. This guy's hook is he sells life insurance for cigar smokers. But he puts out some pretty good articles. Six things your cigar bartender wish you knew. Um, I'm interested to get everybody's take on this list. Because you, just at the outset, you thought this article was pretty uh, hokum. You were like, I, you, you thought, what did you say? It doesn't really apply to any of the lounges that I frequent. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just see. Well, it says... Cigar bartenders work for tips. You pay your bartenders. Well, so uh, before we get into the article, I do want to establish some definitions because I think this is why you don't necessarily like the article or believe it, which is there's a difference between places like this, you know, where the bartender and the guy running the till and cleaning the ash is all the same person. Right. If you go to places like Casa or to Corona Cigar down right. in, in, you know, in Florida, the real you've, bartenders. Got, you've got a dedicated bartender whose right. job is to tend the bar, and then you have a separate individual who works the humidor who does the cigar side of the business. And those are the types of places that this is referring to. But he's... the. In Nashville, you're paying a bartender. I don't think any. I don't think you could retain a bartender in Nashville if they, they just still, made them work for tips. They still work for tips. So, like, 
even your 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 waitress and or your your waiter at a restaurant, yes, they're getting paid a wage, but they're working for tips. Right. Yeah, they're getting paid two thirteen an hour. Most bartenders, even though they get more than the minimum wage for their position, which is two thirteen as well. There's, their tips are where they make their money. You know, you're not, you know, a bartender that works downtown Nashville is walking home on a weekend night with four or five hundred dollars in their pocket. Right. For, you know, for six hours work, four right. hours work. Right. Which I'm sure they duly report to the IRS. Absolutely. Well, these days with everybody running credit cards, you have to. There's yeah. no way around it oh, anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so cigar bartenders, yes, they're getting paid a wage, but it's probably around five to seven dollars an hour. And if you're talking about a city where you're going to have a cigar shop like this that's able to thrive, that's obviously not a wage sustainable in that city. So the majority of what they're taking home comes from those tips. So what is an acceptable tip for your bartender at a cigar store? Let's, let's say, let's break this down into a couple of categories. Um, here where they only serve beer. They don't serve mixed drinks. So I'm not talking about a mixologist. I'm talking about yeah. somebody that they, you know, they fill up a can of beer, they keep the ashtrays empty, they mop the floors at the end of the night. What is an acceptable tip for a bartender if you go in, say you go in and smoke two cigars? A couple of bucks. So if I'm at a, a place like this where the bartender is doing more than just tending bar, they're not doing mixed drinks, they're just serving, a couple of bucks. <clears throat> couple being two or couple being five? Um, somewhere between two and five. Let's say if, if, it's, if it's two cigars and maybe a drink or two, then I think closer to five. If it's just the two cigars, you know, no, anywhere from nothing to about two bucks is fine. What does the average bartender get in tips here? Well... You don't have to give me the numbers. <laughs> I'm just saying, what does, what, by and large, what do people tip around well, here? Well, let me back up. Okay, as as a, an establishment owner, I do not expect anybody to get tips. I expect that if somebody gives a tip, it's because they have been given good service. They have been gotten clean ashtrays and, and those such things. So I do not expect anybody. It, it's not expected, right? So uh, I don't have a number on that. I think if somebody is taking care of them and they said, hey, can I get you another sweet tea can I, you know where you don't have to get up can, then that's something but I do not I think it, by and large bartenders or, or anybody like in a spot like this should earn every penny they make in tips it's not expected so I don't know the answer to that well you know I usually you know usually throw a five in the jar right, right. that's my standard you know Glenda and I have been right. here a couple hours yeah. we've asked them to yeah. change the TV we've yeah, emptied yeah. the ashtray I usually throw a five at them, and I think that's you do, generous. and that's and that's very fair. But I I just say that to say, and I tell my guys, you should not expect that, right? That is above and beyond because we we try to pay them well, yeah. right? We don't pay them the minimum, we pay them well, but we want them to earn any tip they get. Well, and I think the I think the scales on expectation and reality when it comes to tipping is really balanced on how much you're. You know, the lower the salary, the higher the expectation point. Of, yeah. of tip, and, and vice versa. Right. And so that's why I say for for a situation where it's more like a bar that has cigars, where it's more like a casa, where the person bartending is doing mixed drinks. Right. They're recommending pairings. They're doing those things. Certainly different. I've always said a dollar a drink. That's always been my my kind of go-to and then but if you're running a tab and you know and you're not just paying by the drink you're at the end of the night 20 to 25 percent depending on the complexity of the drinks you're ordering and and the level of service well that's fair i mean again i think that especially if they're running the drinks to you that's another important factor. sure and if they're coming to you and saying hey can i help you yeah. can i do something else again i tell our folks that do not expect anything you got to earn it all, right? And you earn it by coming by and making sure that it's a good experience, right? And so it's a little different than a bar, I think. Well, and it just to me, it all is depend on what the night is. You know, like poker right. nights, I always check with the bartenders yeah. and say, "Hey, did my poker guys take care of you?" Yeah, right. Because I don't mind before poker saying, "Hey, guys, 
they're running drinks back here. They're keeping the game going. They're setting up the tables. They're folding down the tables. They're right. sweeping the floors after you're done. Um, take care of your bartenders. I don't mind right. making that announcement to my poker group. Right. Right. And uh, I think that's legitimate. Now, the next two go together. Cigar bartenders don't want to date you, and bartenders and servers <laughs> talk about you. So <laughs> let me touch on the first one. The cigar don't want to date you. I, this is true of all bartenders, not just cigar bartenders. But I think why this is important to highlight in the context of this conversation is, in a, as a cigar bartender, <coughs> you're spending more time with your regulars than you are at a regular bar. You know, these are people that are going to be here at least an hour or two. You're getting to know their life story. Right. These are people you see every day, every week. And you whatever. know them, right. Yeah, so the connection builds on a deeper le- right. level than just, hey, my bartender's hot and she was nice to me. She, clearly, she's into me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, again, this is totally outside of the cigar lounges I it go is. to. It is. It is. I mean, I have no no illusions that Jake wants to date me. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no no illusions right. to that end. Right. Brought into our conversations. <laughs> oh, and and bartender servers talk about you. I this is this is true any place you have bartenders and servers, especially where you have regulars. You know, I used to you know be a cigar monkey at Crown up the road, and yeah, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had about the regulars and oh, this person did that and this and that's just you know it. Well, and you have to you have to say hey, you need to watch. Um, we'll call him Keith. He might drink too much before he goes. You need yeah. to kind of keep an eye on him and watch out and be sure that that, right. that, that, that doesn't happen. Right. Well, and totally made up name. And the cigar totally made up name. And the cigar lounge <laughs> could is, have been Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it, should it, have been Steve. It's so ripe for gossip anyway. Like whether you work here or are right. just a regular, like the scuttlebutt that comes through a cigar shop is. is is pretty deep. So that that happens regardless. You know the interesting thing about that the scuttlebutt more than not comes from the reps. Oh yeah. It is just amazing how much scuttlebutt. I pick up from the reps that come in because they all talk. Right? Oh, yeah. Everybody talks, but reps, and I've been a sales my whole life, and salespeople talk. Oh, and this and this industry being so incestuous when it oh, comes to that sort of thing. 100%. Oh, used to work for this company, now we're oh, yeah. I still have friends everybody over here. Everybody knows and, yeah. everybody, and everybody's related, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody knows Shane. Everybody knows Shane. And that other guy who does his podcast with yeah, him. Shane yeah, Shane the other We don't guy. know his name, but we know it's that Shane and that guy. Yep. That happened recently. Uh, don't, be a, don't be a seat hopper. I'm guilty of this one. What's that mean? So you put your stuff down. Well, I did it when I was in here the other day. You know, you, you pop that. Then then you get a phone call. You've got to run over here. You go to the and back. It, and then you, and maybe you forget to move your stuff. And it's oh, you, yeah. you end up taking up more real estate. Right. And it's I try to be conscious, conscientious of this, but it does happen. Well, we know. You know, the fun thing is we know we kind of get the feeling from people. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting up. Let's just say you're in our shop. You're sitting up front. You get a phone call. And you move to the back. Yeah, we kind of we kind of get that. Yeah, we, we kind of know. You put your head. Somebody puts their headphones on, and moves to the back. We kind of get that. Okay, yeah. we we know if somebody else comes in. Oh, he's in the back. Take his shot. Take yeah. a seat. When Shane yeah. comes in, he gets whatever seat he wants. So <laughs> so if somebody if, if Trey's in the back, Trey's in the back. Take his seat. Yeah, he he's gone for at yeah. least an hour. Yeah, and a half. exactly. Well. And the seat hopping to me is not that big a deal in a lounge this size. I can see if you are in a very large cigar lounge and you're keeping a tab and mixed drinks and things like that. I yeah. can understand that part. Especially when people don't know you. So this yeah, is the especially. one that really interests me. Cigar bartenders are not an expert on cigars. Okay, I don't expect you to be an expert. But I expect a cigar bartender to have... Five cigars in their pocket. Right. I think that's fair. They should have a first-time cigar person. They should have a medium. They should have a full. They should also have a, I know this is a Dominican Puro. I know this is a Nicaraguan Puro. Yeah. I think they should have the bare minimum. I don't think they have to be an expert, but I do think they have to understand cigars to a degree. No. Yeah, if you if you were a bartender in a high-end steakhouse and you didn't know what a tomahawk was, even if you never look at the kitchen or even go back there, there's still a certain expectation based on the location. Fair point, and I think that that is a great point that 
you got to have your go-to things. And then when we look out, if somebody says, and, and uh, if Shane's here, we just go get Shane, right? Or if Trey's here, we go get Trey. If somebody wants to go dive deep, yeah. right? If not, then, then yes, we've got our four or five go-tos that all of us kind of do. So, yeah, I agree with you. And the big one, know what time it is when we interact. How many times oh at the other shop did we know a certain gentleman who would show up 10 till? Yeah, 10, oh boy. 10 till close, and yeah. he's firing one up right there at oh the yeah. bar. Yeah, that's fun. I think every shop has that, has Absolutely. the closer. Everybody's got that guy. Yeah. yeah. And we do, too. We do, too. Now, at, at one of the other shops I frequent around here, they have a guy like that. Now, he comes in early, but he will stay until you kick him out. Right. But... I, w- I will say this. It certainly don't, uh, what's it, um, abuse the privilege, but be the guy that's still spending money if you're going to be that guy. Like, don't just buy a cigar a- an hour right. before close or 45 minutes before close right. and expect them to stay open 30 minutes, yeah. you know, extra that, or whatever. That, I tell you, from a shop owner perspective, that's the tough part, right? Mm. Because at some point, everybody's done spending, Right. Now, we have the advantage. We have an outside patio where we can yeah. send folks and say, listen, it's time to go. You can sit outside all night long. I don't care. But, yes, that, that is the tough part of when to cut somebody off as far as cigars go. Are they done spending? Because at the end of the day, right, we are here to make – we are for for-profit business, right? right? And we have to go home at some point, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah it's hard. It also becomes tough, too, if you've got, like, an employee who's a little bit yeah. more lax than everybody else that right. sets this weird precedent based on who's working. Oh, right. I can get away with this yeah. or not. Or, yeah. And then it's overtime hard. comes into play. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Overtime is a killer mm-hmm. in, any, in any business. Well, you know, if it's the end of the football game. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different deal. Then you're going to stay. Now, Certainly. the presentation of the trophy, I think you're pushing it. You know, we were at a shop. Um, the other shop up there and the SEC championship game was over and several guys wanted to stay for the presentation of the trophy. Do you remember what I did? I do. (laughs) I I love this story. What did you do? So I was working that night. It was actually the national championship. It was the first year or the second year of the of the tournament style where Alabama won and a lot of the guys who come here now were It had to be Alabama, right? Yeah. Okay. They all wanted to stay for the trophy because it was the first time in a while. I get that. Ooh. And so we had, and I don't see that you guys have any here, the old school Oliva ashtrays that were like a round tin that had a, a just an insert on the top. And it was brass. It looked a lot like a collection plate. So I said, all right. I grabbed one and I went to the front. I said, you guys want to stay and watch the trophy celebration? I'm sure you're all good Southern boys. You've been to church. Pass a plate. Nice. And I took up expectation of tips, right? And I, I got about an extra 20, 25 bucks of tips from people. And it's probably what they would have thrown me anyway, but it was just... Would hey. you like to work here? <laughs> you can't <laughs> afford me. That's true. <laughs> I like that idea, though. You yeah. know, that's a great that's a great point. And, and you know, every shop's different, I, I guess. I only have the uh, one shop here, but... Everybody's so good here about that. Yeah. You know, we really don't have a problem with that. And everybody's so good. If they stay late, you know, we're good. We're, we're cool with that. But everybody's so good about helping out the guy. Yeah. If we know they're staying an extra 30 minutes, everybody's so good about, you know, showing them some love. Yeah. Well, and I will say, as we're talking about bartenders and tipping, as a customer, be aware of the shift change. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, if I show up here yes, for yes. the 11 o'clock game, as yeah. this airs tomorrow will be the start of real football. Oh, yeah? Yeah. As this airs tomorrow, the Mighty Vols take the field at Nissan Mighty Stadium. Vols. And that's an 11 o'clock game. Against who? Virginia. Ooh. And, yeah, it's going to be a slaughter. Vols yeah. will kill them. Yeah. But as a, the... Um, bartender gets off here at four four so the game's at 11 the game's going to be over at three we're going to watch the alabama game after that obviously right and generally i try to take it upon myself as mayor of the cigar lounge to just quietly whisper to a couple of guys that have been there all day hey fellas jake's about to go home 
you might want to go ahead and tip him out before he leaves. Now, do you guys do any sort of tip pooling, or is it you get what well, what you get on your shift? Yeah, that's a great. Uh, and, and Shane this ain't is, a communist establishment. We no, don't tip no, pool yeah, around here. Shane is so good about that, right? We 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 work that amongst themselves, but we have such good folks here. Yeah. We really, really do. And Shane is is got it where everybody kind of understands that. Yeah, and really helps that out. And but we we try to work that out amongst ourselves. But and, and it's hard when somebody's here all day, like a Saturday. It, that's a little tougher, but yeah. still. Shane is right. Shane does a great job of helping everybody understand. Listen, we got a shift change here, and let's let's try to let's show some love to the guy who just he's been serving us all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want the guy that come in at four to right. get four fifteen a wad of tips. Yeah, that were that the other guy earned. Yeah, right. were largely earned by yeah. the guy that was in here earlier that day. So, and, and we try to we try to work that out. But yeah, but still. Well, and a lot of cigar, a lot of cigar lounges, guys just don't realize that's happening. So, right. I, so my public service announcement <laughs> to, the, well, to everybody. Well, it, it, it really is, and again, and I'm I'm throwing a a great bone to Shane because our our folks are really good about that. They really, really are. Yeah, we're, so, we're good. Okay. I was leaning forward to try to look at that minuscule timer. Is that what you were doing? I thought one of these days I, I want them to make one of these podcast devices that has a timer on it that's like you could like put on the wall and it broadcast over to it. Just a little like on air sign with a timer. That's yeah, or going. just a projection. Oh, there you go. Something along those lines. We can so, do that. One more article from Love of the Leaf and the Leaf Lovers: Cigar Lounge Manners, the Awkward Conversation. Oh boy. Now, I felt like this was um, written by an Englishman. Did you get that feeling when you read this article? No, I think it was just somebody who has a, a, a dry sense of humor. I, because I would use Percival or Sebastian or some random, like, unique name, and I'm not English. So I, I, I don't think necessarily that's what this was. Well, so what this article is basically about is how do you get out of the awkward conversation at the Cigar Lounge? I should also mention they have links on the website to Cigars for Warriors, Cigar Rights of America, and IPCPR. So so they're, they're supporting the home team. Yeah. Well, so we've all been there. You've been at the cigar shop, and all of a sudden the conversation gets awkward. Mm-hmm. Especially somehow cigar shops, and this phrase was made famous by our Dear friend and author Jay Drescher, the home for unwed fathers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get somebody that's going through a divorce, that's going through a, a, mm. a rough time in their life, a career change, or something, and you find yourself trapped in a conversation that's going nowhere. Yeah. And all, how do you escape from those conversations? Now, I know how Mark does it. He texts me and says, Shane, please change the topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to know how normal people get out of these situations. Well, and that's by me, and large. Be, me being not normal? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, well, you just have a, a, a free get-out-of-jail-free golden retriever. So <laughs> th- this article, by and large, talks about, for, to start, you know, when a, when a conversation goes stale, maybe not it's going in a non-direction, but it just kind of, it's definitely served its usefulness. Maybe you've got one guy who knows way too much about a particular subject of history that won't stop talking about it, and you need to right. move. Yeah, yeah, and we've had that a time or two. Yeah. yeah so, who, what do we call him? <laughs> anyway. So um, this is, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I don't want to forget again. I've been meaning to ask you, and then fill in the blank. And it just, you know, and some of the examples are, you know, how's your wife? Is she feeling better? Is your daughter doing better at school? Like, or something from a previous conversation where you guys are actually having a human conversation and you just steer it away from whatever the topic is. That can be tricky. So I tend to push the nuclear option. I tend to push the button, the big red button, the two generals turn the key at the same time in the corner. And I just say, hey, fellas, let's change the subject. I think that's perfectly all right. I, it is for you in this shop. If you were in a shop that you're maybe known but not a real regular in, and you tried that, that would probably not make you look all that. Yeah, great. and it and it also really depends on how big the group is. Yeah, I think right. And yeah, three it, or four people. That's a lot safer than six or eight. Right. I think that uh, I just say Shane 
have you seen Bigfoot lately? And that changes the conversation. Right, they right? Get, that's good for an hour. Yeah, it's good for an hour, right? <laughs> I say Shane or UFOs, right? It's either Bigfoot or UFOs, right? Hey, I represent that professional wrestling's also in there. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, we just flip on wrestling. You know that Trey, what a what a great conver- what a great question. I think that um, you know it depends on the lounge, mm-hmm. and it depends on where you know if it were me, and if it's something that's really deep that needed to go further, I would invite that person to let's go over here and talk. Yeah. Right, and let's 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 move away from the group. So you would fall on the grenade. You I would, would keep the conversation I, I, going and yeah, sacrifice because, yourself for the rest because of the group. that's what we're about here, yeah. right? We're it, especially if it's something really uh, deep and really life changing kind of thing. But if if it's just credit conversation, then we just I just try to make a joke and try to try to try to totally change it. Yeah, and, and tr- go different. Whether it's like I said. And you're laughing at me. I say Bigfoot or whatever. Shane and I, we kind of know if we're sitting in the same circle, we kind of both are in the same thing. We kind of know we're, okay, we need to change this. Yeah. And let's let's just, let's go totally 180 here. So let's change the the paradigm a little bit and go, this is more of a one-on-one situation or not trying to change the topic for a group of people, but just trying to save yourself. One of the ones that mentioned in here is fairly tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. But this is my favorite. I got to pee. <laughs> I got. There's no follow up question. Excuse me. I got to pee, and just walk away. No, okay. They're not going to question you on that, and the the urgency is implied. It's a good way to extradite extricate yourself from a situation. But you got to come back. Yeah, but by then, if it's a group of multiple people, usually you can. So, Usually, you're interrupting the conversation. Okay, but you said one-on-one, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. Well, then, that that falls to... Where was the other one here? Oh, there's Percival. I got to chat with him for a second. Excuse me. So, then you just find somebody else to chat with on your way back. That's tough because you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be rude, right? And, and, and so, and it's different between an owner and a, and a customer, right? Yeah. You, I, I think it is because... We're we we try to be about listening to to everybody right. and trying to be you know and trying to uh, be there for everybody. But if if you are a customer and and you're done, then you get up. Then then that's different. Yeah, and well, I think it's sense. also different like how this conversation's going. Right, like if he's talking to, if if someone's talking about their impending divorce or a yeah. sick child, like obviously you're there for the duration. Right, right. Whether. And even as a customer, I'm there for the duration. I'm not, you know. But, you know, if it's just Shane going into hour three of Bigfoot that you've heard already. I get up and leave. Yeah. yeah. You just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm out. I'm I'm going to give Jake a hand with the ashtrays. I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, I got to empty some ashtrays. Yeah. I always have an out. Yeah. Yeah. Different than the customer. Well, those of us with tact, this is how you do it. When you're one-on-one with somebody in a conversation, that's already ran its course, you just look at them and say, so if you had to sum it up for me, what exactly are your thoughts? If you had to put it into one sentence. Yeah, but if someone's talking about, you know, the troubles of, of having their, trying to get their kid with cancer to St. Jude's every week, that doesn't really work. Sure it does. Hey, sum it up for me. You can't afford Uber? Okay. Well, Shane, that's, that's Shane incredibly it, rude. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And Shane, I thought that was extremely tactful just yeah, to say, hey. It's if, not. It's if you not. start using words like sum it up, bring it's, it to a head. It's not, Shane. But it's wrap not it up, subtle. sluggo. It's not. It's not. <laughs> you know, sometimes, the, here's the deal. Sometimes you got to, you just got to take it. You just got to, yeah. you, you just got to be a friend. Right? You just got to listen. Yeah. Yeah, but my limit on friendship is about one cigar, which now that is. That's true. That's does you. bring us to a great point. You can always, if the conversation, if you know it's that guy that's going to hold you for a little bit longer than you want to be, you can kind of gauge how much of your cigar you got left. Yeah. You've always got an out, though. You can say, well, Glenda needs to go. Right. I, I can yeah. send that subtle text to Glenda, yeah. ready to go. Yeah, and exactly. You've she, always got an out, right? Yeah, she can start packing her stuff up. I say, oh, Glenda's packing her stuff yeah. up. Sorry, yeah. guys. I yeah, gotta, yeah, you got to go. I got to go. Here, talk to Mark about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've also got the benefit, too. If your cigar runs out, 
but you were planning on having another one that evening. But if the choice is between going and grabbing another cigar and continuing to endure this conversation, you'll just leave and you'll go have the next one on their back porch. But when you go to the humidor, that's kind of a break. Yeah. Right? You can go in there and then you can go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you can provide some physical diff- distance and give them a second to calm down. And, and I'll tell you who is worse to get trapped in these conversations. Because she's a girl, my wife gets trapped yeah. in these conversations yeah. all the time. I, yeah. It's one of the hazards of being the girl in the cigar shop is yeah. guys feel like she has this great depth of empathy, which she does. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, honey. But they can abuse it, it or right. they can take advantage of it, rather. I, I think that that is part of our human nature, right? We have to understand when a conversation can be done and when we need to go deeper. Yeah. And when it can be done, we get up and go to the humidor, we go to the bathroom, we stop and say, talk to somebody else on the way back, yeah. and then we can, we can figure that out. But if we know that it needs to continue, then yeah. that's part, part of human nature. I'm we, starting to figure out how Mark's getting out of my Bigfoot conversations. Yeah, I just get up. I leave, man. <laughs> it's like, really? That's how most of us do it. Yeah, really. Come on, Shane. I Have you not figured that out yet? Uh, just now. It just <laughs> dawned on me that the people I thought were my friends are just trying to get me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we're always trying to get each other to shut up, right? That's Use me for their own purposes at all. But I think, and I think this conversation has definitely traveled on farther enough. I think Probably we've given so. all of our listeners great insight into how this works. I think so, too. Tell me about your champagne tray. Uh, the champagne's a five and a half. It is... Out of what? Seven. Okay. It's not a six. It's not great. But it's what... It, it's just so consistent. It's so... It's... It's it's got... I love that it's all things to all people. Like, it doesn't matter what your, your palate is. You can find something in the cigar that you enjoy about it. I'm not getting kicked in the head nicotine-wise. Um, it's not... It doesn't seem to be really rolling me over. Well, it's exactly what you expected it to right. be, which is the beauty of Perdomo. Yeah. That is the beauty of Perdomo. Perdomo will always be exactly what you expected to I be. I also, and this is going to be a weird thing to say, but I feel like you get more tobacco for your dollar with Perdomo. And what I mean by that is this thing draws incredibly well, right. but it feels packed with tobacco. You know, sometimes, whether it's too loose a roll or something, you just don't feel like, even for the size, it just feels like there's more tobacco per size in a Perdomo and it still draws yeah. great. Yeah. Well, more often than not, when I'm looking at Padrones and I don't pick up a Padron, it's for that very reason. It's saying, okay, the Padron, it's going to be wonderful, but it's going to burn fast. It's going to burn quick. It's going to be over with and I'm going to be ready for something else. So more often than not, I'll pass on a Padron for that reason than any reason as it pertains to the actual cigar. Yeah. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying. What about your cigar, Mark? You know what? Uh, I've become a sun-grown fan since I went to Nicaragua, and, I, and I'm hooked on sun-grown. And I've not done the Habano sun-grown much, but I'm I'm really liking it. I like the 12-year probably a little bit better. Yeah. But, man, this is pretty dang, pretty dang on good. The, Perdomo does sun-grown better than anybody else. Yeah. I, I love their sun-grown. doesn't matter which one. I yeah. love their sun-growns. Well, and bless his heart, poor Monty, Mark's brother. We had this conversation the other day. He's got such a scientific mind. We got to get yeah. Monty on the podcast yeah, sometime because he's got such a scientific mind. He says, right. "Well, they're all sun grown. Yeah. What makes this a sun grown?" And we we had this yeah. conversation for like yes. fifteen minutes the other yes. day. Yes. Mark got up and walked away to empty an ashtray. <laughs> I tried to change subject to Bigfoot yeah. four times. Sun grown <laughs> versus shade grown. Yeah. Shade grown. <laughs> Yeah, the and it, there's it's funny because when you say sun grown to mine, he says, "Well, they're all grown in the sun. How yeah. does this work?" Because right. he's got that mind. That's just yes. that that yes. brilliant mind that's housed inside of his head. Yeah, has that. That's funny. I'm <laughs> a sim- I'm a simple mind that they can fool me. Well, I've I've always said you're the people person. Monty yeah. gets the work done, and Willie's yeah. the sex appeal. Yeah, 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 yeah. very good. <laughs> so that's I'm a, simple. Well, you're you're a people person. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Well, the Oscuro, I'm getting a little awkward burn on it. Which Oscuro was that? This is the La Polina. La, okay. La Polina Oscuro, I'm getting a, it's a little bit of an awkward burn to it. Mark's having food delivered. 
Um, <laughs> they're trying to sober him up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, he's what well, Jake told him. Send send Marcus last pizza. <laughs> so, um, the Oscuro is excellent. It's got great flavor. The construction's failing me a little, but I think that may have more to do with the fact that I'm sitting here yeah. and I've not been giving it my full attention because I've been talking to everybody and that's fair things like that. But it's a definite five and a half. It's always going to be a five and a half. It's a great stick. And I'll, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast and email info at thecigarcast.com. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Thanks for the impromptu guest love session. It, That's a love lot it, of fun. Love it, love it, love it. Had a blast. Until next week, everyone, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.